You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. Andy Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shanglock. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listen today, I'm not an idiot. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk, presented by... Bet US here with your break from all the high resource five propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles and life is back on sports betters. Bet US has your NCAA, NBA, NHL, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-792. Bet US. Bet US for 125% bonuses when you use our promo code TTTT125. Customer service pros are ready to get your phone, social, and online sports betting kickoff started now. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. Bet US. You bet you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Joining me now, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations. Sorry you caught me in the middle of a, a sip of my Coors Banquet beer. <clears throat> but greetings and salutations, everyone. Uh, good to be back with you guys. Felt like we all needed that bye week and um, had some fantastic news today. And the Wizard of Whiskey himself, Shane Lott. There's a little additional sound with that one tonight because uh, I keep wine savers on the fancy stuff. And uh, in celebration of the good news of the day, we're having up a pour of Pappy 15 tonight, boys. <laughs> Wowzers. All right, all right, all right. What's that, Runya? Man, back when I bought this bottle from Lincoln Road Package Store in like 2014, uh, I paid $300 for it. Before <laughs> I opened it when Evie was born, I could have sold it for 1800 and uh, if it was still sealed this year, I think it's like a $2,500 bottle. I hadn't been into this one in a while. It's, it's <clears> like <throat> it was breathing. Well, like I said, I put a wine saver on the fancy things, uh, especially, I mean, this one has been open for a couple of years. I shared it with uh, with quite a few friends after my daughter was born two and a half years ago. And uh, it's down to like the last quarter of the bottle. Um so I put the little the wine savers that you 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 pump all the air out of the bottle, try to keep it fresh and, and nice as long as I can, since I don't break it out that often. It's kind of a special occasion bottle. And I'll tell you what, if any day is a special occasion, today is a special occasion. So today we had the press conference for Southern Miss as well as the Sun Belt here on the campus of the University of Southern Mississippi. And it was announced that the Southern Miss is officially heading to the Sun Belt. This will be effective July 1st, 2023. Uh, Commissioner Keith Gill was there today. Of course, he said this was that his first time on campus was the Troy game this season. So that confirmed what you may have heard on the show a few months back. And, um, so it's a, it's a great day, great day to be a Golden Eagle. There's a lot of excitement. It's been a really, really fun week. And, uh, it's, it's good to finally have the news out there so we can start moving forward with the next year and a half. Hippopotamus, hippopotamus. 
<laughs> Several people listening to this show have no idea what you're talking about right now. Well, they should have listened to last week's episode. So we were trying to think of we so we we posted a cryptic tweet last Tuesday night when we recorded because we had word that it was very likely to happen that we were going to the Sunbelt. So we posted the smoke and then we started joking around before the show about what type of cryptic tweet we could send. And Jason suggested a hippo. So we started slinging hippos out there in the atmosphere anytime any kind of news came out or anything was going on <laughs> behind the scenes. And it got even more uh, animated after the response to our tweet saying that we were indeed headed to the Sun Belt, uh, which, by the way, we had some very, very we, – we, we were very sure about it, but we became extremely sure about it on Wednesday morning and some other – I don't really think anybody outside of maybe one or two people with a, a uh, radio show in Hattiesburg uh, took, took uh, slight offense to that, but it's, it's all <laughs> – <laughs> all in uh, all in jest, so we, we really amped up the, the hippo at that point. But um, nonetheless, we are super excited to be heading to the Sun Belt. If I see anybody in a hippo costume at the game next week, <clears throat> that'd be awesome. You know, so not to get ahead of ourselves here, but I don't know if you guys really, you may know this. I don't know, but the home game next week, not the game this coming weekend. We're at Middle Tennessee State this weekend. But next weekend, November 6th, we are back at The Rock. We are hosting North Texas, and this is the 10-year reunion of the 2011 championship team. So they're going to yeah. they're going to honor that 2011 team. All right. And um, I think a lot of the old players are going to come back. I, I think Austin may be able to come back. I think that's that's uh, Seattle's bye week. So should be a uh, – looking forward to seeing those guys. That will be a great time. Back on campus with the with the 2011 crew. Instead of a a T-shirt in each seat, are they going to put a can of sugar-free Red Bull in each seat in the stadium? They should. (laughs) Does Does Fedora make that trip? We're about to find out. I would think he would. He's got nothing else going on. I did see uh, Fedora post some stuff last week where uh, the I believe it was a D2 school. That he played, did he play D2 college yeah, ball? Yeah, he did. He yeah, did. where they won the national championship in like 1981 or 1982. Um, and he went back for that reunion. So, uh, I, I, I thought I heard that Fedora was coming back for that. Maybe it was just somebody talking out their booty, but, um, but it'd be cool if he came back. I mean, maybe, he's maybe just, we should, we should break that news. <laughs> Anteaters. If you start seeing anteaters <laughs> pop up on our Twitter account, you see anteaters, you know Fedora's coming back. All right. <laughs> Stick it in them. So, <laughs> uh, some other some other information from the presser today, per Jeremy McLean, is they were kind of some. He was asked questions about the buyout from Conference USA, and he said that the buyout, according to the con- to the conference bylaws, was two years of revenue, which at this point would end up being around three million. Still no word on exactly what we have to pay, who we have to pay it, whatever. I'm sure they're trying to work some of that stuff out behind the scenes because I don't think anybody has ever paid their exit fee from Conference USA um, in, in the full. I'm sure they paid some. They paid something on it, but we don't exactly have the enforcers to go out and, and get that revenue back. So, but I think the bulk of it can be paid in Michael's gift cards. 
<laughs> can we will, will you accept accept curtain tarps uh, for for um, the uh, the star in Dallas? Well, Conference USA was not going to need those anymore. Yeah, obviously. I mean, all jokes aside, obviously you just start off with we just don't get paid the little crappy payout that we get right now this year or next year, right? If you did, then they would just be paying us and we just they'd be like hand us the check, then we'd hand them the check right back. So you just start off with not getting paid from that, and that comes off the top of it. And then I think the rest of them you can kind of do like what Louisville did. Um, the whole reason we got to watch Teddy Bridgewater here in that absolute downpour of a tropical storm game was because that was part of the buyout deal. So I don't know. there's a lot of stuff that goes on outside of us just scratching a three million dollar check. Yeah, I believe uh, McLean uh, made reference at least to some of the reporters uh, in the pre-conference conference that uh, it would be paid out over the next couple of years. Um, so it sounds like they'll break it up hey, into uh, installments. So speaking of that pre-conference conference, um, <laughs> you know, and, and Jamie okayed it with Jack and everything. Um, he wasn't going to be able to go today, but Reagan was going to go with me. So we got there in plenty of time. We got there like really early. We got there so early that we're some of the only people there. And we're not the usual people walking around. So I guess everybody's just kind of looking at us out the corner of our eye. We were unsure if we had to have a mask on. We didn't know anything. You know, I had like a notepad in my hand. And um, and so we just go into the big room. I didn't even know there was another room. Well, we go into the big room. We're sitting there. And about three minutes till, Reagan was like, where's all the media? I said, uh, I don't know. I just saw Jeff Hager a little while ago. Where did he go? Couldn't find him. So we started walking around. We finally found this little room in the back of the Trent Lodge Center. Didn't know it was there. And it's all glass doors, right? And so we kind of walk up to it, and the press conference is going on. Everybody's got their back to us. So uh, the press conference, uh, like John Cox and and, uh, and McLean and Gill and Bennett, they're all seated at the table facing us. Uh, we're just looking over about a three-deep row of people standing up. So I was like, well, I'm just going to go in there real quick, like, like, like when they start clapping, just uh, try to ease in there, like in the middle of it. And when that happened, I pulled on the glass door and like the whole thing just shook and didn't open. And so then like five people turn around, and just kind of look at us. I was waiting on them to just open the door for me if they could. And they all turn right back around. <laughs> so now Reagan and I are just standing there like a bunch of dumbasses. So maybe we aren't a real journalistic group or whatever. Yeah, somebody yeah. was right. Somebody was right. Yeah, they, we don't have the journalistic integrity. But yeah, we 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 did have the all clear to go in there today. Um, so, yeah. but it, it all worked out. You 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 got in there and got to see the uh, the sec- the fan press. So they had a press conference just for the press, and then they had a a second event like like a fan experience where they had the band, they had the Dixie Darlings, they had the cheerleaders. Seymour was there, uh, a bunch of old people. So it was a really good time. <laughs> In the uh, in the Trent Lot Center, and they they pretty much reiterated a lot of what they said in the in the presser as well. But yeah, a lot of excitement going on right now. So we're looking at so looking at the Sun Belt right now. Sun Belt with the addition of Southern Miss. This is according to the release, which we all know. The um, number of Sun Belt members will rise to 13. So Southern Miss, in addition to Appalachian State, Arkansas Little Rock, Arkansas State, Coastal Carolina, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, Louisiana, Lafayette. ULM, South Alabama, 
University of Texas, Arlington, Texas State, and Troy. So that's 13 members. It hasn't been official yet, but Euler, Arkansas Little Rock, and UTA, Texas Arlington, are both expected to leave the conference and move on to a, a better fit for them. Um, so that will bring the Sun Belt to 11 members. And so the chatter now, as the week went on, the chatter kind of uh, evolved. So the next domino expected to fall is Old Dominion. So it's expected – it could be as soon as tomorrow that Old Dominion is announcing that they are heading to the Sun Belt. Then later this week, Marshall is supposed to announce a new president, and I think that has been a big obstacle with them moving forward. But Marshall also is expected to join the Sun Belt in addition to James Madison. So there were some articles that came out last week with Conference USA when – the chatter was going on about what teams might leave, what teams might stay, and the salvation for Conference USA was that they were going to try to get James Madison and Liberty to join the conference. And James Madison definitely not happening, and you're losing a two, two additional teams, which if all this plays out, I think that's going to leave Conference USA with, what, five teams? Yeah, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, Liberty news broke that Liberty was doing more Liberty things this week, which is not great timing for them to be wanting, you know, other schools wanting to be associated with them. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw anything about that. They had a big, another big scandal where their Title IX office was uh, sweeping sexual assault reports under the rug and then basically threatening the girls uh, with expulsion from the school for violating the Liberty way for drinking and fraternizing with uh, members of the opposite sex. So that's going to get even more messy. But that is just a prime example of why people don't want to be associated with that slimy university. Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, that so with the additions of ODU, James Madison, and Shane, you've been to the James Madison campus, haven't you? I have, man. It's a gorgeous campus. Um, their football stadium's really nice. Uh, it sits like on a a uh, small lake in the front of their campus right off the highway. Um, they're right on the red uh, edge of the Appalachian Mountains up there, a uh, couple hours south of D.C. Um, really, really pretty. They've, they've got room to expand that stadium, too, because only one side of it is like a full two-tiered stadium, and then the other side is like a one-level brick, uh, like bleacher section. But very nice stadium, holds like 25,000 people if they needed more capacity than then there's room to expand and add another tier on the, the, the second side. But um, I believe, uh, well, I, I know that their athletic budget's like 55-ish million. So, I mean, that, that puts them to the top. But uh, there may be some issues with, uh, with how much money they get from student fees, uh, according to Virginia bylaws for Division I schools. So they may have to navigate some of that. Their budget may drop a little bit, but even if it drops a little bit, they're still near the top of the Sun Belt uh, as far as budget goes. And then uh, year in and year out, they're a contender for the FCS national championship. And, and uh, the Sun Belt has proven that uh, with the additions of um, App State and Coastal Carolina, and I, I get the Georgia, Southern Georgia State schools mixed up as far as who was the FCS power before moving up. But the Sun Belt has, has proven that, they have a good eye for what schools are ready to move up a level. And just knowing what I know about James Madison, since my brother-in-law and sister-in-law up here 
uh, went to school there. I've, I've sat over at their house and watched some James Madison games. They're, they're a strong football playing school. And with a move up to FCS, uh, I, I expect them to be able to compete fairly quickly. I've, I've already been talking to my brother-in-law about uh, the first time that Southern Miss plays in Harrisonburg up there in James Madison. We got to go to the game. So I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and, and they kind of fit what the Sun Belt has kind of built themselves upon is, is finding these schools with not necessarily in the biggest markets, but with the passionate fan bases like the coastal Carolinas, like the Appalachian state, you know, that's really kind of turned things around and, and put the Sun Belt kind of in the spot to be the premier group of five slash group of four. I forgot who said that last week, but I thought that was hilarious. Um, you know, in a good, really good position to be the, the top uh, group of five football conference. So not only does James Madison have a 25,000 foot, uh, 20,000 foot, it'd be a 50,000 feet, uh, stadium since it's hold 25,000 people. Not to say that all of those people have two feet. I don't want to discriminate against anybody who has lost a foot or born without a foot. Uh, I apologize, but, um, they actually fill their stadium up too. So it's not just that's how many people it holds. They're one of the top two or three in FCS attendance every year. So, uh, they have a great following, um, and, and a passionate fan base. Uh, that, that draws, you know, legitimately uh, as many people as we do. You know, when the last round of realignment was going on and we had so much talk about market size and number of TV sets. And that's that's kind of what everybody across the country ran with. Right. Well, everybody but the Sunbelt. When, when, when the country zigged, the Sunbelt zagged, man. And here we are, what, 10 years later. And uh, and, and it's it's. It, it seems like it worked really well. So, because ten years ago, let's let's not kid ourselves here. Ten, twelve years ago, the Sun Belt was kind of an afterthought, right? Yeah, None definitely. Of us, I mean, I, I don't think anybody on this call or probably listening would have either, would even like entertain the idea of moving to the Sun Belt. Um, and and here we are, years later, and it's exactly what we want—a league yeah. where we're, we're kind of in the middle of the of the of the western side of it with teams that we can drive to that are kind of like what we are just as a university as a fan base um it just all kind of worked out I, I don't i don't i mean I, I guess i can't say it all worked out yet like a few years down the road we can we can look back but all signs point to this is kind of exactly what we've been wanting um for probably since conference usa first started yeah it's it's a great fit i mean uh, we've talked about it before but you got schools that care about football, that fans actually show up to watch the games. Um, most of them are not reliant upon student fees to, to fund their athletic budgets, you know, entirely uh, to inflate those numbers like a lot of Conference USA schools are. Um, but it, it it just still blows my mind that that's the path that the AAC is going down. And, and I've heard. Their commissioner say, well, I mean, we we took schools in those similar situations and built them up and and now those schools are leaving. I'm going to go ahead and call bullshit on that. <laughs> UCF was a good school before they moved from Conference USA to uh, to there. They're in Orlando. They're one of the largest student body populations in the country. I mean, they've got like 60,000 students. 
Um, Cincinnati was, was a decent, solid football program when they moved. And Houston was a good football program that was ranked when they moved. The, the AAC did nothing to build those schools up. Those schools were already good and at the top of that conference when they went in there. So I'm not buying this. We'll take those markets and build those up. The, the number of people in Birmingham that care about UAB is not going to grow because the AAC takes UAB in. They're still going to be mainly Alabama fans and mainly Auburn fans, and they may pay attention to UAB if those two schools happen to not be playing football that weekend. Nobody cares about Rice, and going into a new conference is gonna, not going to make anybody in Houston turn on a TV set to watch a Rice game that already wasn't watching Rice games. And I'm, I'm sounding like a broken record at this point in time, but we can go down the list. Um, Charlotte. You know, I will say Charlotte has some potential to grow over the long term because they're getting a a decent student turnout and they really are a a growing university. But uh, here in the state of North Carolina, you go to Charlotte a lot of the times when you don't get into the schools that you wanted to get into. Um, And, you know, that's kind of the way it is. It's uh, it's not one of the top schools that people care about around here. You have UNC and NC State up front. You meet a lot of East Carolina folks, um, which is also not the hardest school in the world to get into. Uh, and then you meet a lot of App State folks. Um, so, uh, you know, you meet very few Charlotte folks roaming around here. So it, it's not like uh, there, there's just a bunch of people just waiting to jump on that Charlotte bandwagon. Uh, and you know, they tout these big cities and, and market sizes as a bonus. Well, you know, uh, those football stadiums aren't full on the game day weekends because people have other things to do. Um, it's, there's a lot of entertainment options in those three million people cities and uh, crappy Charlotte football isn't going to be dragging people away from those multitude of, of other entertainment options. I just I don't get it. I'm, I'm kind of happy that's the route they went because it, it ended up perfect for uh, us to join the Sun Belt. None of the actual good football playing schools got poached from the Sun Belt because they're in small markets, which uh, just set the table perfectly to go into a conference with schools our size that have people that care that play good football. And uh, the last decade has not been fun, but uh, man, the next decade sure can be. Yeah, most definitely. Wow. Rack him. Rack him. <laughs> Let him up there. Hey, we're worried about hurting those people's feelings. There's only like four of them to hurt their feelings anyway. <laughs> but, it, you know, we've got some, I mean, and these are, some of these are rivalries that we kind of already have a little bit. I mean, the Lafayette, um, you know, we've, we've battled with them over the years. South Alabama, I say we've battled with them. We haven't battled with them recently <laughs> in any sport. So hopefully we get back to, to dominating that. But, but another thing too, that you, that, that our fans have to get used to is, which, We've had a tough time adjusting in Conference USA. I would venture to say that our record against all of the schools in the Sun Belt is really strong. Except uh, for USA. Except for USA. But that's that might not necessarily be the case. I mean, we're not going to just step into this conference and dominate it. But there's some people that are stuck in that mindset that it's the late 90s and we should, you know, these schools shouldn't even be on the uh, on the field with us. Um, but it's going to be some battles, and they, they've they got some passionate fan bases. We're going to get into it 
it is going to be a lot of fun, but there's we're, we're going to get some enemies really quick getting into this conference. <laughs> yeah, I think it was uh, was Black and Gold Review that tweeted out today. It may have been Landon Howell. It was one of those two because uh, it, it it fits along the mold of uh, them making me laugh with with good information too. But they uh, they tweeted out something along the lines of uh, you know kind of soak up all these schools sending out welcoming tweets and being happy that we're joining the conference. Cause in a, in a few years when we're back to playing good football and we're steamrolling them, that's going to all go away and they're going to hate our guts. Yeah. And, uh, I'm telling you what, I'm looking forward to being hated again. It was nice to get a lot of congratulatory tweets today. And I do genuinely look forward to playing um, Louisiana. I will call them Louisiana for the time being, even though it's a lot of fun to call them Lafayette and Ooh La La. But since they've been very nice to us, uh, I'll call them Louisiana as they prefer until I need to get under their skin. Um, but, you know, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that uh, coming back up. They play damn good football down there in the southwest corner of the state of Louisiana. There's great food down there. Lafayette's a fun city. I mean, that's a great place for for Southern Miss fans to go to a football game. Um, I went down there for the New Orleans Bowl that uh, couldn't be held in uh, the Superdome because of Katrina and mm-hmm. had a blast. I mean, their stadium's crazy. If you've never been there, you're walking up to it and you're like, this is a high school stadium. They, they play college football here. And then you get up to the edge and it's a hole way down in the ground. And it's actually a decent sized stadium. Um, I don't know how they keep it from just being a big alligator pond there uh, and, and swampland and, and digging it down into the ground. But it's a cool setup, cool stadium. They've got a very passionate fan base and, and playing really good football. I mean, they've, they've got a solid case that they're the best team in the Sun Belt right now. Uh, I mean, they handled App State a couple of weeks ago and then App turned around and, and beat Coastal Carolina in, in Boone. Um, so, you know, some some really strong football teams there that uh, it's, it's going to be fun. The timing probably couldn't be any better. Uh, we've got the rest of this season to kind of, uh, finish playing out. And as Will, Will Hall said in his post-practice interviews this morning, uh, we've got five games left. So you're going to start seeing a lot of these young guys that are redshirting this year uh, that haven't been playing. You know, they've, they've spent half a year in the, the football program now going to practice and getting stronger and learning the offense. And so uh, four out of the last five games here, a lot of those young guys are going to get to play and get some experience. We've got the entire 2022 football season to uh, try to get another ring and this crap hole conference USA conference before we get out. But then, I mean, year three of Will Hall, you know, you've got your first players that you recruited into that program are going to be juniors at that point in time. We should really, you know, be settled in, know, know the offense and defense and be rolling just in time to step into Sunbelt play. And I expect us to, to be competitive right away. It's going to be a lot of fun. So let's talk about the game coming up this weekend. So we, we're sitting here. It is uh, this weekend's Halloween. We're not, Unfortunately, we're not going to have the black and orange game like we've had in the past. Uh, that was always – that I say always, that one time in 2015 where we played UTEP on Halloween was, was, was awesome except for the tornado that happened that day. But One of the rare times at Conference USA got something right and then never did it again. And then never did it again. Come on. Uh, but that game. So hey, uh, by the way, I'm uh, I'm MC, me and J.M. and Curry are emceeing the Halloween parade here in Hattiesburg Thursday night, and then Jason, uh, I believe they're having trick or treat at the Pete after that as well. Yeah, I talked to Brad uh, Smith a little bit today when I was at the uh, at the post 
press conference. And, um, and, and yeah, he, you know, well, I told him, I was like, man, you, you know, you guys did it on the same damn day. He said, no, no, no. He said, we, we scheduled it so that you could do both. I was like, really? I said, well, what do I do for, do I go to the peep first or do I go to the parade first? So now you do the parade first and towards the tail end of the parade, he's over to the peep. And so you have trick or treat at the peep. So, um, I guess we're probably going to try to do both of those things. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it'll be a great time. And before we talk about the game this weekend, we had two Golden Eagles enter the transfer portal in football. Uh, Shirty Antoine Robinson and Trey Davis. Uh, you know, Robinson, kind of the number two, number three receiver the past two seasons, um, entered the portal, as well as Trey Davis, a backup defensive back as well. No word on if it was a situation where we were – you know, telling people they should enter the portal, which which Hall said we're going to do, or if it was a decision where they left on their own. But uh, irregardless, certainly wishing those two nothing but the best and, and hoping they find a, uh, a lane they could speed in. Yeah, you you always want guys to be happy. And if you're not happy here, if you're not getting the playing time that you think you need, then if you feel like you need to move on and try out another university, we appreciate your time in the black and gold and wish you the best. Uh Always, always hate that, uh, that those breakups happen, but uh, but usually they're they're for the best. Um, I mean, I say that, but man, it'd be really nice if Chandler Rogers was still in the black and gold right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no but, kidding. But uh, you know, I mean, it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And, and you know, in those situations, you know, it's been a couple of years since he played here, and uh, you know, it, it wasn't working out. But uh, he's had a couple of years to grow, and and you know, he's being coached by one of the the best coaches in, in college football over the years in a long time in Bowden. Uh, I mean, he, he's been a good coach for a long time and coached some, some big time programs. So good to see uh, that that was a complete tangent, but I've already had a lot of whiskey tonight. So that may get off on several more of those, but uh, good to see him doing well over Louisiana Monroe. Um, it, you always wish those guys the best. So and this happens every time that there's a new coach that comes in, right? Every time there's a new staff, you always, it's just with the transfer portal, and with the ability to sign those seven extra, uh, I think it's going to speed up the process a little bit. But this is nothing out of the ordinary for any college that has a brand new staff come in. No, and, and Coach Hall's been talking about this for weeks now. And, I mean, it, it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. And he, uh, there's going to be more. I mean, and he said that again today. He was like, you know, these guys are not the first and they're not going to be the last. There's going to be more guys that decide that they're going to go try it at, you know, some other school. And, we're going to wish the best of luck to them too. And uh, Coach Hall is going to sign more guys and, and get his people into the program and, and build upon all this young talent that, that he's brought in already. So this Saturday, 2.30 p.m. Central Time, the Golden Eagles are taking on the Middle Tennessee State Blue Ra- Are they Middle Tennessee State or Middle Tennessee? It's MTSU. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm looking, I've got ESPN pulled up, and they, they call them the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. And I was like, oh, are they trying to – and then their logo is an MT. I was like, are they trying to get fancy and not use the state, kind of like Memphis did? Or But then their their abbreviation is still MTSU, so I guess they still are Middle Tennessee State. So Southern Miss, Southern Miss, Middle Tennessee State, this Saturday, October the 30th. Southern Miss currently 1-6 overall, 0-3 in Conference USA. Middle Tennessee kind of balancing back a little bit. They are 3-4 and four on the season. And one and two in Conference USA. As of this recording, Middle Tennessee, a 13 and a half point favorite. We'll get to the lines and more a little bit later on. Just kind of looking at some of the stats here really quick. You know, so Middle Ten had some issues. They had a, uh, 
what they had like their quarterback transferred out. Didn't they have they had yeah they had their, I think they yeah I think they finally settled on a quarterback but yeah they, they finally settled play. on a quarterback yeah his name is Chase Cunningham he looks like he's had some pretty decent games as of late last week they took on UConn defeating UConn forty four to thirteen. He was 25 for 36 for 297 yards and four touchdowns. So he really had a stellar game there. Um, prior to that, so he had 230 yards against Liberty, 105 yards against Marshall, 379 yards against Charlotte, and five touchdowns. So he has had a, uh, you know, he, he can light it up, especially against some of the subpar defenses. Now, here's the interesting thing about this game, to me at least. Looking at, at the stats here, and you know, yeah, they we've you know, of course, we've played Alabama. That kind of skews it a little bit, but um, they're giving up more yards than we are right now. They're they're giving up 416 yards a game, 248 through the air, 167 on the ground. So I'm I'm curious to see. We have not really had much of an offense since that Grambling State game. So. And I know we have more players out than we've had. We have some that are going to be more healthy this week, but Chandler Pittman's out for the year. Um, you know, so is this the week that we finally start seeing more of the offense gel? Kind of hope so. <laughs> well, yeah, I think at some point, especially with an offensive head coach, uh, even though we're down to QB five and blah 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 blah, what else? You know, I've always talked about, but. Um, at some point, we are going to have a game where you know, that that something like Coach Hall has been having these guys practice, you know, all the time. So I'm not going to give away my pick right now, but uh, but hopefully this is the week coming off a of bye, right? Uh, that that I mean, has this bye helped you guys any? Like I feel like it's helped me. I'm not even out there playing just as a fan. This 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 bye has just has just given me um, – well, maybe the buy plus the Sunbelt thing. Like we kind of got a, a little bit of momentum there. Tell you what, if we can turn around and win this game, if we can eke out a victory somehow and have a bye week, perfect weather, Sunbelt conference, a win leading right into a home game with the 2011 team coming back, that's a crap ton of momentum. Um, so I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but I just can't imagine us looking just this horrible on offense. For an entire football season. It, the bye definitely helped me because I spent a long weekend at a wedding in New Orleans drinking and eating until uh, my waistline just exploded. Um, <laughs> and then I didn't have to spend the wedding trying to figure out how to get QVC on my phone to watch the game. Uh, <laughs> because uh, it was uh, it would have been a conference game on the wonderful deal that Judy would have negotiated uh, in between like uh, samurai swords and uh tiny ceramic cats would have been uh, our conference USA game of the week. Um, but yeah, it, it was nice to, uh, nice to get a weekend off uh, to be able to focus on doing something else. And then we come out of that weekend uh, with this wonderful, we're going to the Sun Belt. We're not going to be stuck in conference USA news. So I, I think there's some new energy rolling into the Mutsu game this week. Yeah, absolutely. Most definitely. So that game again, this Saturday, 2.30 Central Time on ESPN+. Plus. Hopefully, this is the week we were able to make it happen. And, of course, in just a few minutes, we will give you our pick on the game as well. Um, 
So let's let's go ahead. Let's give a shout out to our friends at BetUS. Bet with a three-decade leader, BetUS. Join now with a 125% bonus by using our promo code TTTT125 or a 200% bonus with crypto by using our promo code TTTT200. Bet sports, casino, horses, pop culture, and more at BETUS.com. You bet you win, you get paid, bet you win. Yes. All right. So last week's picks, I, I finally had a, a decent showing in the Pick'em, which has been, um, you know, ever since I think week two, I think I've fallen off. So it's good to, to be back in the in the uh, in the black. Um, so I was seven and three last week and, and two. We had one that was a push, but I just gave everybody a point just because we were even we, we we need some points to make it look like we're doing. <laughs> so uh, I was seven and three. Both Jason and Shane were four and six. So that brings the total right now. I am 33 and 47 on the year. Shane is 34 and 46. And Jason's still in the lead at 41 and 39. So we'll get it kicked off with Jason. Our first game this week is out of the Sun Belt, the Troy Trojans and Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina, an 18 and a half point favorite. Yeah, this is, um, you know, I thought last week probably was the toughest week that we had so far because there are so many high spreads. Uh, this week's a lot the same, it looks like. Um, but Troy, four and three, Coastal, six and one. Um, Coastal's coming off that loss, um, last week. Was that loss, was that, was last week the App State game? Yeah, it was. It was. Okay, so that was at App State. So, but they're coming off a loss. Um, they had a lot of momentum going into that game. Um, side note, I can't wait to be a part of some of those games again. Um, but Coastal, man, they score a lot of points. They average 45.7 points per game. Last I checked, I think they were leading the country in points per game, and they're only giving up 17.1 points per game. So, um, I like Troy a lot, but I love Coastal. So I'm going to take the, uh, I'm going to take the chance. Um, while I pour up a fresh glass of whiskey, uh, I'm just going to say that App State and Coastal Carolina do not like each other. I have I have learned that over the last week or so because I've been paying attention to those schools a lot more lately, and that's kind of cool and fun. But they hate each other, and because they hate each other, I have learned that uh, the Sun Belt schools call the Chanticleers the beach chickens, <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> That's uh, that's I mean, it's like mustard buzzards, uh, but it's uh, the, the beach, beach chickens. chickens. I love it. So I like it. So this game is at the beach chickens, huh? Yeah, this mm-hmm. is at the beach chickens Thursday and what's night. What's the spread again? Eighteen and a half. Oh, that's a big one. Um, that is kind of tr- you know because Troy, you know, they're not a bad football. Team. Not a bad football team. No, um, I like the beach chickens in this game, but I don't like them at 18 points like them. So I'm going to go with Troy with the points. I am, you know, I kind of feel like the, uh, coast, I think Troy is, is definitely dangerous. I don't know that coastal can, uh, I don't know that they will, but I think they're capable of covering that spread. And after the way last week ended and with them being back at home, I'm going to go with uh, coastal Carolina. And just see what happens. All right. Next, we have Arkansas State at South Alabama. South Alabama is a nine-point favorite. Jason. Yeah, yeah, so in Mobile, um, 
Arkansas State can score some points. I mean, they're, they're not a very good football team um, because they can't stop anybody from scoring points. Um, but I, I really think that South Alabama, uh, we know about Talbert, but I think they have the ability to run the ball, even though they really didn't do it on us. Um, I, I think that they have the ability this game to just run the ball all night long. Uh, so I'm going to take South Alabama. Yeah, it's, um this is another tricky one because, uh, I mean, nine points is not a great deal of points. South Alabama's got a solid squad. They did go into Monroe and get beat by ULM pretty handily uh, this past week. But, I mean, Monroe seems to be coming on. It it looks like that uh, the Liberty win after a win over USA the next week was not as big of a fluke as we thought it was. Um, all that said, it's in, in Mobile. Uh, it's, it's single digit points. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the Jags on this one. So we have two for the Jags. You know, I, I kind of, I kind of feel like, um, that, you know, South Alabama is, is probably the better team, but I'm still in catch up mode. So to differentiate myself here, I'm going to go with the Red Wolves. Next, we have another Sunbelt game, Louisiana Monroe. At Appalachian State, Appalachian State is a 27-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, this is insanity to me. I mean, talk about no respect. Like, back in the day, we talked about Southern Miss never got any respect. Um, Monroe has had just two of the biggest wins in program history back-to-back. Um, I still can't believe <laughs> what, what what they did with, with the wins over Liberty and, uh, and South Alabama, but, I mean, they did it, so – uh, 27 and a half points is just way too much. I think it's like the lock of the century. Uh, so I'm, I'm taking Monroe. Yeah, I'm going to kind of echo what Bump says here. I mean, Louisiana Monroe, we, we thought they were a fluke against Liberty. They came out against South Alabama and, and kind of got my attention. Uh, I think Appalachian State wins this game, and I think they win it, win it fairly handily. But I don't know about damn near four touchdowns win it fairly handily. Uh, so I'm I'm going to go with the Warhawks as well. You know I'm with you guys. I just that if I had to pick, I definitely would. Uh, you know I definitely would go with uh, App State to win the game. But with the 20, given the points, uh, there's I don't really see how you can pick App State right now with that. As good as they've been playing, but Louisiana Monroe is you know no pushover. They've been playing well. They've had a couple of upsets the past few weeks. So. Yeah, I don't see how you can't go with Monroe in that game. Um, that's just a weird line. There's something fishy about that. That's, that's I mean, yeah. that's like, I mean, they'll probably, I have to say they'll probably win by 28. And then everybody's like, ah. Uh, <laughs> and Vegas will make all this money or Biloxi or whoever. All right, next we have, uh, we get to the Conference USA games. North Texas at Rice. Rice is a two and a half point favorite. You know, I don't know. I mean, I think they're very evenly matched teams. Um, so this one's tough for me. Uh, if if it was – this game's at Rice, right? Correct. Yes. Okay, so if it was at Apogee Stadium there in uh, at North Texas, I'd lean North Texas, but it's at Rice. And uh, I know North Texas can score. And I know that the home field means hardly anything at Rice. Screw it. I'll take Rice. 
Yeah, with the atmosphere there in the cavernous Gerald Ford Stadium in Houston, Texas, uh, I just expect Rice to just come out on fire. No, I mean, I'm not <laughs> with you. Uh, I, I think it's a fairly even matchup. I mean, you're basically giving Rice the a little less than the three points for being the home team. Um, I see Rice winning this game, so I'm going to go with Rice. I'm going to go with Rice as well. I just, uh, you know, North Texas has done better as of late, but Rice, um, great game last week. Who did Rice beat last week? I think they lost last week, didn't they? Oh, did they? Oh, okay. Well, never mind that. I'm not sure. I'll look. That no, up no, no. While we're Rice, talking. no, Rice beat UAB. Oh, they did. 30 How to did 24 at UAB. So that made me so happy. Rice is definitely game. And hey, North Texas, North Texas, they lost to Liberty, but it was by a score of 35 to 26. So North Texas and Austin Ian are, uh, it seems like they've done a little, a little better. I say a little better. They've scored points. They haven't won any. They've won one game against uh, Northwestern State. And then we get them in Hattiesburg next week. So couldn't have come at a better time. But I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to follow you guys. I'm going to go with, with Rice as well. Then we have FIU at Marshall. Marshall is a 21-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, I think Marshall wins. Um, I'm like 95% sure that Marshall is going to win the game. Um, FIU does average over 400 yards of offense uh, every game, and, and Marshall turns it over a lot. I think they have 19 turnovers this year. Um. 21 and a half with a team that turns it over like that is just too much for me, so I'll take FIU. Yeah, exactly the same. Uh, I think Marshall wins, but uh, they've done too much shooting themselves in the foot to win by more than three touchdowns, so uh, I'm going to go with the Panthers as well. Um, I've got to catch up, so I'm going to. This is one of those games where I don't really. I mean, I, I would agree with you guys, but uh, I think it. FAU is just not a good team, so I'm going to go with Marshall. Then, oh, this is an this is an interest. This is another interesting line. Uh, Louisiana Tech, five and a half point favorite at Old Dominion. It's weird, isn't it? Um, I, and I just have a hard time believing in Old Dominion at all. Um, that means that I would have to put some faith in Louisiana Tech to do but you know what this spread doesn't bother me at all i'm going uh louisiana tech yeah uh, i think tech wins this game on the road i think they're the better of the two teams uh and five and a half is less than a touchdown uh yeah i'm going bulldogs as well yeah i mean that just kind of feels like i like that line almost feels a little too low to me you know i kind of would have expected it to be more than that so that's that's kind of a sneaky shocker there, but I'm going to go with you guys and Louisiana Tech as well. Next game, Charlotte at Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky is a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. So weird. Um, I guess you can give a team that scores this many points, um, you know, points spreads like this, but 17-and-a-half points for a team that gives up on average 33 points per game just seems like, like a, just a, a ton um, to me. So, I mean, if you look at it, I don't know if I'm doing my math here right, but Charlotte, I got here, averages 27 points per game. So if you were to, if they were to, have, if they were to, to, to meet their average um, this week against Western Kentucky, 
um, who we all know can't stop anybody. So you'd like to think that Charlotte can at least score what they normally score. And then you add that 17 points to that, that turns out to like 44, 45 points, somewhere in there. So at that point, Western would have to score at least 61. Uh, so I will take Charlotte. Yeah, that's... I don't know if that made a whole lot of sense. but It did. It did. I mean... You got there eventually. Yeah, yeah basically, <laughs> Western Kentucky is going to have to score a boatload of points to uh, to to beat the spread here because we you know expect Charlotte to score some points too because Western can put up points, but their defense isn't that great. And uh, I think we've been saying uh, Bailey Zappi's name wrong all season, even when we thought we got it right by switching the, the order. Um, <laughs> but that dude's lighting it up, but I don't see them lighting it up to the tune of that many points. So I'm going to take, I think Western Kentucky wins, but I'm going to take Charlotte with the points. Now, this is another one of those opportunities to differentiate myself. And uh, I think uh, Western's offense is potent enough to put up. I mean, they what, they pushed last week, but uh, I think that they, uh, you know, I'm going to, with Western at home, I'm going to go with Western and take the Hilltoppers. All right, this is another – some of these lines, I'm just like – they're kind of bananas to me. This is another one of those lines. UTEP is an 11-point underdog at FAU. Yeah, doesn't make any sense whatsoever, and neither is my pick because I think I'm going with FAU. Um, UTEP is solid. We watched them play, um, and you know, they, they might get the job done. But I don't know. I think FAU just needs a win really badly. And I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and pick them. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm starting to backtrack on myself here with that 11 points. But yeah, now nah, I'll, I'll I'll stay with uh, I'll stay with FAU. That 11 is really weird. Um, but I, I'm gonna go with FAU, like a 20% chance to get it right. Um, I've made my thoughts on FAU clear over the the course of this season, and I think UTEP has a decent team this year and uh, I don't like FAU um, and a lot of the times or like 95% of the time I do this with what my heart and my gut says instead of what my brain is so why are we going differenti- to differentiate at this point of the season <laughs> I think UTEP gets their first ever win in the eastern time zone uh, so that would go against uh, FAU being an 11 point favorite I'm going with the Miners I'm going with the miners too. I'm I'm a I'm a believer in the miners this year. Um, you know they've they've had a really solid season. That game with them and UTSA. If they were to win this game, that game is looks like it's going to be shaping up for who will have control over the West. So um, I think that uh, UTEP has been a little disrespected, and and you know hey maybe there's more to this line than I know. Obviously. I'm not. If you look at my record, I'm not the expert when it comes to picking these things. But that one kind of seems a little fishy to me too. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with UTEP and the Miners. All right. So this is where we find out uh, where Jason's loyalty lies. Southern Miss <laughs> at Middle Tennessee State. Jason has built a lead with the past like three games betting against the Golden Eagles. So we'll see if he does it again this week. Southern Miss is a 13 and a half point underdog at Middle Tennessee State. So I have built a lead uh, doing that, but I've also um, – I'm the only one of us who has gotten the Southern Miss pick right 
the last three times, right? So I'm so like the last three games at least. Um, yeah, I'm just, sure. just to lose. I know, but I'm still undefeated <laughs> on picking that game. So if I were to adjust my pick today, odds are in our favor, right? So um, like I said earlier, we needed that buy last week, some kind of bad. Um, looking at the numbers, I mean, Middle Tennessee scores a lot more than we do, but who doesn't at this point? Um can we stay within two touchdowns? And I say, damn it, hell yes we can. I got the Golden Eagles. All right. Shane. Well, I'm fairly predictable and boring at this point. Uh, I never pick against the Golden Eagles, and I'm not going to start now. Mustard buzzards all the way. You know, I have picked uh, in the Golden Eagles' favor every week. Uh, but you start looking at kind of the way things have gone and our inability to put points on the board – and all the injuries that we've had, um, it's 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 really it's been tough to kind of see. Okay, where where are we going to get another win this season? That being said, I'm not changing course this week. I am going to pick the Golden Eagles. Um, so uh, all three of us, Southern Miss, we'll see if it comes to for, at least covering the points. I don't know if we'll win or not, but at least covering the 13 and a half, we'll see if that happens. Our last pick, Southern Miss, Middle Tennessee State. The over under is 48. It's really tough for me to take anything but the under since we are inept on offense and have a decent defense. But man, I don't know. I just I, I keep thinking about we have to have a good we have to have a good showing at some point. At 48 is pretty low. Um, in, in college uh, in, in college football these days, 48 is is, is one of the lower um, over unders I think you're going to see. So. I'm going over. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that we show up this week. I'm, show, I'm, I'm hoping that, that Gore has a Gore day. Hoping that Big Wang Lang is uh, is is you know healed up from from that minor injury that he has. I hope he found. I hope he finds Brownlee early and often. Um, hope that O line does enough and we score in that 27 to 32 range. Over. Over. Well, I'll right. say, even if uh, BWL. Has not fully recovered from that injury that he sustained, you know, a week and a half ago at this point. He still has two good legs to rest on. So uh, <laughs> I think you went with the over. I did. Oh, man. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under uh, just because I picked way too many of the same picks that Jason picked this week. And I need somewhere to make up one pick. So that's my my logic. My brain is telling me under, but I think I have like for I've been on a run of picking the over for the past little while, and I think that Middleton's defense is so so basically you're looking at you know 24 24. Can we score 24 points? We haven't scored over 19 since um, the Grambling game, so that's a tall order. But it looks like this is a team that's been giving up, uh, even though they only gave up 13 to UConn. Um, they do look like they're susceptible to giving up points. So I'm going to go against my better judgment. I'm going to go with the, with the over as well. So my brain is telling me no, <laughs> but my body, my body, my so, body's uh, telling me yes. Yeah. Sorry. So we'll I won't see. sing anymore. We're not, oh, I don't know if we have to even pay royalties to him anymore, given everything that's gone down. So you, 
you're fine. Um, well, just for the sake of the listeners, nobody. Just needs for the to sake of the listeners, no, absolutely. So, Shane, do you have any news to bring us up to speed on this week? Man, I do. It was a, a fairly uh, slow week last week compared to some of the the previous weeks, and um, I'm I'm going to stick with two thumps tonight. Or thumps, thumps. That's exactly why I'm sticking with two thumps tonight. Um, no, no third thump leading into this. I'm just going to finish sipping on this glass that I have in my hand. But uh, as always, we're going to start off with soccer. Uh, because we're a soccer school right now. And uh, to just uh, emphasize that point, the ladies on Friday out in El Paso went out and took a 2-0 to win over the Miners to stay in first place in Conference USA West. Uh, our senior, Alisi Campos, scored both goals, uh, the first one in the 31st minute and the second in the 52nd minute. And then uh, senior keeper, Kendall Mendich, uh, had her fourth shutout of the season to lead us to that 2-0 win. Uh, because of the two goals scored by Elise in the game, she was named the Conference USA Offensive Player of the Week. And uh, that moves the Lady Eagles to 8-3-2 and and 4-1-2 in Conference USA play. Next up is Thursday, October 28th versus UTSA there in Hattiesburg. This is the last regular season match before the Conference USA's tournament starts. So uh, if if you don't have previous plans Thursday afternoon, go out and cheer the ladies on as they try to hold on to first place in the West. Uh, UTSA does have a decent squad. They are 9-4-3 and 3-2-2 three, and three, two and two in Conference USA play. So it should be a good soccer match there Thursday. Hopefully the ladies can, uh, can hang on to that ever-important first place in the West. Uh, also in action uh, this, uh, this week have been the men's golf team. They were at the Battle of Black Creek in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, the men ended up finishing nine out of 16. Uh, really, uh, we're talking college athletes here, so I'm, I'm not going to name any names, but we had one guy that just had a pretty bad final round uh, that, that cost us probably about 10 strokes uh, and dropped us all the way down to ninth place. Um, uh, where we probably would have finished about third out of 16 had he just played uh, the way that he normally plays. Uh, but uh, Ryan Dupuy, uh, I guess that's how you say Ryan's last name, Bump. Do you know that you're you're a little bit more involved with the golf team than I am on a on a week to week basis? But uh, he was the low scoring eagle, shooting rounds of 72, 69, and then 73 for a three round total of 214. Uh, and that was the final uh, match for the men this fall. They are off until February. Uh, the cross country team did not race again this past weekend. We gave you an update on that uh, race at Florida State in the last episode, uh, but they will be back in action this Saturday, October the 30th, in the Conference USA Championships in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, also in action this past week was the volleyball team. The volleyball team was out at Rice on Friday the 22nd and Saturday the 23rd. They fell in both of those matches 0-3 to and 1-3. to That drops them to 10-14 and overall and 2-8 and in Conference USA action. Next up this weekend, Friday at 6 o'clock the 29th and Saturday the 30th at 2 o'clock, they face Louisiana Tech in Hattiesburg. 
Uh, last but not least, uh, beach volleyball is back in action this Saturday at the Rally BVC Tournament in Gulf Shores. Um, that is Saturday the 30th. The ladies will face Tulane, Florida State, LSU, and Spring Hill College this weekend. And that uh, wraps up our other action. You guys have any uh, shout-outs for the week? Yeah, I got a few uh, shout-outs here. I wanted to give a first shout-out to Reagan Grant. Reagan won the, um, you know, the uh, the, the panoramic picture that Bancorp South uh, did? Yeah. yeah. So I didn't know this. I thought that you were just doing it, and you went to go find yourself, and you saw yourself, and that was neat. Apparently, there is a contest involved. Wow. And um yeah, and so he he entered the contest and got an email saying that that he won the contest. So he gets a he got to pick between two pictures, uh framed pictures of the rock. And he already he already had that that end zone shot one so he picked the the one from the uh that was shot from the 50 yard line. So he's got that coming his way, but I mean I framed one of those things, man. It's a, you know, a pretty penny. So Yeah, that's so good cool. on Reagan. Yeah. For uh, for for winning that thing, and um, I, I wanted to give uh, I wanted to give a shout out to Eagle Hour and Luke Johnson for having me on the segment today. Um, you know we've talked about <laughs> the little situation that we have our guys, but Luke is uh, is one in a million, and um, and I really appreciate uh going on that show today. Uh, shout out to the softball team. They were, they were there. I think every player of the softball team showed up today at the presser announcing the, uh, move to the Sun Belt. So it's cool to see all of them. And the last shout out I wanted to give was just all of the, just really, you know, support, uh, from people since I made my little announcement. And I wanted to tell you guys, you know, so after I announced my situation with, with, uh, with with this cancer thing um i uh we did it on the show and then that, that next morning so last wednesday was gonna be my first treatment and i tweeted out and put it on facebook at i don't know like 6 15 or so that i was about to go um for my my first treatment and you know the very first person was who texted me like six minutes later who who did Coach Will Hall. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, and, and not that a lot of other people didn't text me that day, but it's just, uh, you know, I mean, soon after that, I mean, Austin Austin Armstrong reached out. I heard from Coach O'Brien, uh, Ladner, um, and, and hundreds and hundreds. Of people. Don't get me wrong, I mean, this this is just humbling uh, to be on this side of of getting that kind of support thrown my way. But um, you know, it's, that's it's, there's just something special with the people that we've seemed to have hired. Uh, and Will Hall is, is right at the top of that list, and it went a very long way with me um, to to get that message, and I really appreciate it. I know you heard from me, but did you ever hear from Shane? I don't think Shane said anything. <laughs> okay. Kidding. I mean, I was just no. I, I reached out to him. I was like, "Hey, dude, my yeah. grandmother died of that. Uh, good luck." <laughs> you know, along those lines, I will say that. And also, I got a, I got a call from my good friend uh, Adam McAdory. Um Oh yeah, good dude. Of a front man for the band Hillcrest for so many years, you know, he's on deal with cancer, and and we talked about that. I was like, man, you know, first of all, every other commercial that I see on TV now is about cancer, <laughs> and then um, and then you know, everybody, these people, they will call up with the best intentions in the world, 
And it'll go just like that, Jamie. It's like, man, look, I just want you to know we're thinking about you. Um, if you need anything, let me know. My grandmother had met, had that man, and she died. I'm like, cool, man. I appreciate all that info. It was great. Up until the very last minute, it was a perfect phone call. <laughs> but, no, it's it's uh, it's all joking aside. Treatment's going well. Um, hopefully, I go through these 12 things and get my scan, and everything's good to go. Um, but I just wanted to mention that about uh, – about coach hall for sure yeah that is cool and and for those of you just so you don't think i am a heartless bastard i have been checking up on bump <laughs> I, I have been concerned <laughs> with what's going on uh it's a lot more fun to to poke and prod and and uh make him laugh but uh yeah no, that's uh we're we're uh we have been very concerned about what's going on and well you know after the first couple of days when uh when we we saw how the treatment was going to be and then, you know, it wasn't super intrusive and, and fairly deal. I, I was like, oh, this dude's got it. I'm going to go to New Orleans and party. I'll check up on him when I get back. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, uh, yeah, they and it's what like it's on your his arm, but it's it is, you know, part of it is you got to take your pants off, apparently. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd, I would find a new doctor if I were you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're not calling me Big Wang Bump. <laughs> <laughs> Well, your bump. <laughs> BWB. Shane, do you have any shout outs for the for the week? Um, I do have a shout out actually. Dr. B, Rodney Bennett. That oh, yeah. beard is strong, man. It is I very like it. strong. Yeah. That's, uh, I hadn't seen any pictures of him with the beard uh until today and I was just like, man, that's that's a good look. Uh as as somebody that rocks a beard himself, I appreciate uh the uh, the effort it takes to uh, not look like a homeless person and have a beard, and uh, Dr. Bennett was rocking it. Um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's my shout out for the hey, week. Hey, si- hey, side note from that shout out. Uh, when you tweeted that out, Jim Cole was sitting right in front of me, <laughs> and he turns around and just shows me his phone. <laughs> <laughs> I did see Jim speak to you there at the end of. Uh, I, I sat right. on my couch and, and watched uh, the the uh, the presser. But uh, I did not text you fast enough to tell you to tell Jim hello uh, before that. Uh, so there's my second shout out. Uh, what's up, Jim? Uh, it was great to see you a couple of weeks ago when I was down there, sir. I want to give a shout out to uh, Jake from the uh, App State. State Farm commercials? Jake from State Farm, yeah. And Drake from State Farm, too. Uh, Jake from the uh, App State uh, Golden Gridiron podcast. Uh, I Hopped on with him today, Shane. I think you're hopping on with him at some point this week. So uh, appreciate him yes. reaching out, trying to get some of the uh, information about Southern Miss out to the to the out-of-state fans and the Sunbelt fans. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to everybody who came out to the show last Thursday night at Brewski's. It was it was incredible. I saw I, I definitely saw the Honorable Justin Hosey out there. I didn't see his brother, Nathan, which I, you know, I think he's got a wife now, so I might not see him ever again. But um, <laughs> great show at Brewski's. Louis Katz kill. I know Louis's not listening, but uh, just always. I mean, me and him just sit in the green room and shoot the bull. Just such a good dude. He is filming his. Uh, he's filming an hour special this week in Los Angeles. So it was cool to get to see him run cool. through that right here in the Hub City. And uh, hey, shout out to the folks throwing on the, uh, putting together that the Hattiesburg Parade, Hattiesburg Halloween Parade. Uh, so I'll see some of you out there at that. I'm sure. So it's been quite the eventful week. We usually record on Mondays. We decided this week that we were going to put it off till Tuesdays just because we knew this press conference was conference was coming. And we, we knew it two weeks before anybody else knew. We it. knew it two weeks. We decided <laughs> not to put it out there because 
let's say it doesn't happen. And, you know, then, <laughs> hey, what do we look like? We look like a bunch of idiots. Then our so, journalistic integrity is just shredded, even though our, I just sit here and drink whiskey and talk our, out my ass the whole show. I'm, still, I'm, I'm definitely going to blog about it, though. You should definitely yeah. blog about it. Uh, we're podcasting about it now, and you should blog about it because that is the way you release information through the media in the 21st century. Before so. you shut it down, uh, I also need to uh, say what my second pour of the night was because I did mention uh, that I had a glass of Pappy 15 to uh, to open up the show. But my second thump of the night, uh, I kept it with that 15-year age statement bourbon, uh, but brought it back to Mississippi with the Cathead Distillery Old Soul 15-year, uh, which is uh, a fantastic pour. Cathead, they do a great job, man. They do. I need to get a, a bottle of their regular stuff that actually has their distillate. Uh, this 15 year is a batch of uh, barrels that they purchased off of. I want to say it was Jim Beam. Um, I, I may be confused on that, but sometimes these uh, big established distilleries sell off lots of, of barrels. Um, and uh, this was that case where they uh, I can't remember there were around 2000 ish barrel or bottles of, of this specific bourbon sold so they they bought a group of barrels and blended them together but they were all uh 15 years and it's a cast strength uh at 102 proof non-chill filtered um so it wasn't stuff that was made there in jackson but stuff that cat had bought and and barreled under their label uh but i do i see their their own distillate stuff uh around and i I need to pick up some and, and try it out just to support those folks good folks yeah, definitely good folks. And hey, shout out to all of our our listeners. I want I don't want to say even fans. I want to say friends because we've developed uh, quite a, a a relationship with a, a, a decent amount of the Southern Miss fan base. And uh, you know, our we're still averaging about you know all in all this this season we've averaged about two thousand listens a week, which is which would put us, I think, in the top one percent of all podcasts. I mean, we're not in the iTunes two hundred or anything, but that's a that's a pretty strong showing from a a niche podcast. So we appreciate all you. We appreciate you with the fun that you've had with us, with the hippo this past week, with the the jokes that we've been slinging out there. Guys like Smitty who make the gifs, which are the best. always yeah, hilarious. Uh, gosh, Philip. I mean, there's so many people we could name that we've had so much fun with. Uh, this season and and the past week was a blast and we're enjoying getting to enjoy all of this with all of you so uh you know i don't think we have to but in but with the way the news has changed in the past week it kind of feels like you want to win some football games but if we don't it there's not that that dire sense of just uh hopelessness hmm. That there may have been a few years ago with with the change in conference. We understand that the football team's in a rebuild, and hopefully we get some W's out of it. But there's just a different feel around the program right now, and it's it's really good to be a part of, and it's really good to be a part of it with all of you. Absolutely. So. Keep that positive energy, folks. It's going to pay off. 2023 is is our year. We're going to burst on the scene in the Sun Belt, and and uh, the the Eagles are roaring back, and and uh, we're we're going to win our inaugural Sun Belt season championship. I feel it in my bones. Stick it in them. Stick it in them. <laughs> well, and speaking oh. of that, Dickens, quit sending me nudes, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, in fairness, his name is Dickens. That is true. <laughs> well, hey, I hope you guys enjoyed it, and as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk.
could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all to shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg, never ventured far away when it comes to playing football. Here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, RLSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season is over and done. The fans here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done. I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs, Florida State, or Tennessee. But I chose Southern Mississippi. And right here at home is where I'll always be. I could play for Alabama, USC, our Notre Dame, you have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi put you all to shame. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, or LSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season is over and done all your teams with famous names will see we're number one ask mississippi state ask mississippi state call katie case bailey with dunbar real estate for all of your real estate needs katie case bailey realtor extraordinaire something to show something to list something to sell call today at 601-408-9980 